when it comes to moving gracefully into something different, it is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Welcome to episode five of Messy and Magnificent. It's yours truly, Carly Payne. So I thought of you so much last week when we had what is now a funny thing happen. It was not funny at the time. And I've got to share with you what went down. So it's the middle of the work week last week. It's about 10 o'clock at night, which means it's a solid hour past my ideal bedtime. And John and I realized that there is a faulty valve in our basement leaking water all over the floor and our main to shut off the water was not functioning. So we were unable to stop it from from flooding in the basement. And here I am with a mop. John's running to grab towels. We're doing our best to like just do some crisis control and rig up something with duct tape and some buckets to get us through the night. And I'm thinking about the first episode of Messy and Magnificent, where we talked about how we each have swamps, meaning things that don't feel great going on in our world, and we have ponds, things that are already good, and how women who thrive in our modern economy, they're able to acknowledge the swamp, but they put their feet in the pond. They can also celebrate what is good already. And this was literally a swamp happening in my basement <laughs> the same week that that episode aired. There was an actual swamp going on in my basement. And of course, I had to think about you. And in the moment of being super late at night and we're like rolling up our sleeves, we're covered in muck. It just felt all swamp. Like there was not much pond. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. But the next day, both John and I had to rearrange our work schedules and he had to stay home. And so did I in order to be there for the plumbers and to continue cleaning up the mess and And there was the pond. The pond happened around noon when we got to sit down at our dining room table together and eat lunch together, which never happens during the work week because we work in different places and we're both really passionate about our careers. It's like, here we are in the middle of the work week, having lunch together at our dining room table and just really enjoying each other's company. And there was the pond right? Like there was the pond. And it was also the reminder of how fortunate we are to have running water on most days and that we live in a home that has a finished basement. So it's a bummer that there was damage, but it was also a gift to have it on most days. So just so you know, everything is totally worked out. The basement is fine. (laughs) We've got it all under control. It's all good. But I wanted you to know that I carry you in my heart and in my mind. And I really believe in living into these things that I share with you and I'm practicing them right along with you. We are in this together. So let's imagine that there you are, kind of like we were, minding our own business. Maybe you're minding your own business. You're, I don't know, you're in the shower. You're mid-shampoo. And you feel the stirrings of change rising in your chest. When I say change, maybe you're choosing this transition because it's time to consider a new job or to marry this person or to leave this person or to move across the state. Or maybe this change picked you 
because the person you voted for wasn't elected and now they're in charge. Or your child is off to college or your spouse came home with a puppy without telling you. (laughs) No matter the territory of this transition you're finding yourself in, it's likely that before the bubbles have left the drain, the dreaded questions begin. And when I say dreaded questions, it's questions that sound like, what am I going to do now? Who am I to want this? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? Am I ungrateful? Okay, let's say I do this thing and then it fails. Then what? Wait a minute. Am I even qualified to be doing this? Will they still love me or relate to me or respect me if I change? What if it never gets better? And then here's the kicker. Will I end up alone? And it doesn't matter here in our shower metaphor that the steam might be rising because your confidence with these questions has just plunged into an ice bath, right? (laughs) And soon your clarity is following those suds down the drain. And there you are, wet, (laughs) spiraling down a set of questions that lean towards failure, concern, maybe even isolation. But here's the thing. You're a responsible person. You got to keep moving on with your day. You've got to go to work or you've got to take care of somebody or you've got to run some errands or do things around the house. So you move on physically. But these questions, they keep taking up space in the back of that beautiful mind of yours. And they're constricting both your chest, maybe your stomach is in knots. Certainly your sense of optimism feels contracted. It feels minimal. And you might even have this pressure to feel like you need to figure it all out. You need to have the perfect plan, right? Because if you just have the perfect plan or the right coach or the ideal mentor or the perfect therapist or maybe some system or some product that would make it all work perfectly, then you wouldn't fail, right? And then it would all be good. Or you're not able to start at all because it's just so stressful. They call that the cliche is the analysis paralysis, right? All those questions start going round and round in our brain and we feel like we can't even move or take action, even if we really want to. But here's the thing. Those who thrive while they navigate that territory of transition, they know this. When it comes to moving gracefully into something different, it is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused. I'm going to say that again. When it comes to moving gracefully into something different, whether it's a change you've picked or a change that has come to you, It is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused. Now, here's what I mean when I say that. One benefit of having worked with lots of people who are at peak performance, who are really maybe literal rock stars, they're on the cover of (laughs) Rolling Stone magazine, some of my clients, or those of us who are rock stars in our everyday lives, who are just getting through and getting things done. One thing I have noticed is that When they all begin, they do not start particularly smart or having tons of resources like extra time or tons of money or a lot of support. And they certainly do not have everything figured out. Like that is for sure. These folks who do really well in certain arenas did not mean that the rest of their lives are going perfectly, right? They're able to rise though. 
right? And this is what made me realize it's not just being the fittest. It's not being the best at what they do all the time. It's being the most focused. In other words, the antidote to overwhelm is not trying to do it all, especially when change is on the horizon or it's already arrived at your doorstep. The antidote to overwhelm is getting focused on what you can do right now. People who thrive when things are shifting give attention to one main thing. And today we're going to talk about what that one main thing is, because softly but consistently, they fan the flames of their focus, of their attention on asking the better questions. And today we're going to go over five specific questions that help us navigate change in a way that is whole and nourishing and makes it doable, right? Without having to be the most genius person in the room, without having to have the entire plan figured out, because the nature of change is that it's unsettling. It is, it is shifting. And so we want to know what is our job to focus on and what isn't. So before I jump into those five specific questions, I got to give some love. I want to give a shout out to all of you who are posting reviews on iTunes and all the other podcast platforms. Do you know I read those? <laughs> like I actually sit and read those because I want to know what's working for you. What's landing that I can offer more of? How can I be of more service to you? And Sugar M. Van wrote this one. They said, I'm writing this review after listening to only the first episode, which alone was so powerful. Carly's insights are game changers that are already shifting my thinking in empowering and freeing ways. For instance... I've had a long time habit of purposefully dividing myself into my work self and my home self and my public self and my private self and my old self and my new self, etc. This mindset served me superficially in ways like getting me through work days at a job I didn't like, but ultimately it ended up being damaging as it often led to being an excuse for unhealthy behaviors in certain settings and even shame, guilt, hiding and lies. In contrast, Carly declares that we are whole and that embracing this fact will help us thrive and feel less fragmented. And I can't describe the level of peace this has provided for me and how deeply it rang true. Amen to you, Sugar M. Van. Thank you so much for sharing this feedback with me. Here's what is particularly exciting to me about your comment. You held up what I shared with you against your internal GPS, your internal compass, to see whether or not it felt true to you. And when it did, you noticed it. You focused your attention there, right? We are all so wise. We know when something feels true and when it doesn't quite quite feel true. And I'm so excited that when I'm offering things to you, and I hope whenever other people are offering things to you, that you continue to check in with yourself on what feels right and then take action. So Sugar M. Van went on to say that she downloaded the free handouts that came along with that particular episode and she put them to use and found it really useful. So just so you know, not every episode, but often episodes have free master sheets that go along with them. So make sure you hop over to the show notes and get 
get whatever worksheets I mentioned that's over at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Those worksheets are always totally free and they are yours to print off as many copies as you want and put to good use. So shout out to all of you who are giving me shout outs. Keep it going. I love seeing the screenshots of you listening on to the episodes on my social media. So let's get into those five better questions to ask when it's time for change. I'm going to tell you a little story. About five, maybe six years ago, I sat on a park bench with my dear friend and colleague Maria Sirwa because I was preparing to move back to New England after years of touring the world as the live-in health and life coach to famous kind of folks, right? Really high-profile entrepreneurs or artists and athletes. And there were so many variables <laughs> related to that move, taking up real estate in my head and my heart. I got this cross-country move to figure out all the details around. I knew I wanted to reinvent my business model so that I could work from home and I didn't have to be on the road all the time. And I was also ending a long-term relationship. Anybody else find this, that when you're making one significant change, that oftentimes other changes seem to come along for the ride, that it's rare that there's just one big change. If there's one, sometimes there's another one or more than another one that kind of get bundled up together, right? But in that moment, Maria and I are sitting on the bench and she says, let's do some work together. Yes, was my first response. <laughs> like immediately, yes, are you kidding? I would love to work with you. Then a pause. As those dreaded questions started to bubble up, for me, those questions in that moment sounded like, why would a thought leader like Maria want to work with me? She's so established. What's in it for her? And my questions were abandoning the truth because the truth was that I had something to offer. I was choosing unconsciously fear, right, over the truth. I was choosing to believe that I wasn't enough versus what could I offer, right? What could I extend that could be of service to somebody else? And I actually said it out loud to Maria. I said, what could I possibly bring to our partnership? And without missing a beat, she said, I think the better question here is what would we have fun doing, Carly? And that simple reframe of my question shifted where my attention went. So that, who am I to be doing this question? It was a momentum stopper. It was like bubblegum on the sole of my soul, sticking me to the pavement. If we go back to that shower metaphor, that was like the shower drain pulling my energy downward into doubt and playing small. But the question, what would we have fun doing? Well, that's a totally different question, right? That question calls for creativity. It calls for wondering. It calls for joy. It opens up to possibility. It asks us to rise into something better, something that we might actually enjoy. Now, as a coach, I knew this already. My clients and I, we all pause to consider what the better questions are. But as a human being, in the moment of her own transition, I needed to be reminded, right? I needed somebody to remind me that there's another way to approach this. So in case you find yourself on the metaphorical park bench of change, right? I want to know from you, which of the following questions, if you focused on it, would guide you into the best of what could happen next? 
right? Because this space, we call it the fertile void. And you might remember from, I believe it's episode three, and I'll put a link to that. We talked about the four phases of growth, of change, and of sustainable success. What those four phases really look like. In the first phase, we liken to winter and we call it the fertile void, which is a name that Kate Northrup came up with. And that fertile void is our kind of place where we know something is changing, but we don't know what it should be, or we want something to change, but we're not sure what we want it to be yet. It's easy to feel doubt in this phase and to wonder why we haven't figured it out yet, but it's a lot more life-giving to lean into our sense of wonder and curiosity. And this is why I love questions, because questions innately help us open up to being more curious. This is why we know that um, one of the most successful ad campaigns of all time was that Got Milk campaign, right? It was so simple to the point with a big question mark at the end. And we know part of the way the human brain works is that when it hears a question, it begins to seek for answers. Even subconsciously, as you go about the rest of your day, your subconscious will be looking for answers to those questions. So we want to ask the kind of questions that enliven the subconscious to think really creatively and really positively and come up with solutions. And what's better than having your subconscious brain be working out solutions while you're going about the rest of your day? Right? So that maybe later, you might have one of those surprise aha moments. They often come when we're in the shower, where we're like, ooh, that's a good idea. Where did that come from? Or when you're in the car. Or I have a client, she calls it pee wisdom, right? because she's like, every time I sit down on the potty, I get like a really good idea. And the truth for her was that prior to us working together, that was like the only quiet alone time she was really getting consistently. So it made sense that that's when all these great ideas that her subconscious was working on could finally be heard because the volume was turned down on all the normal thoughts she would be having or just the general busyness of the day. Calling my sisters out there that work for yourself or run your own business. Something unexpected has been happening since I started this podcast. I did not predict that so many women would be reaching out and asking me how in the world Have I and my clients gone from working around the clock to having time and energy abundance? Well, let me tell you, it is not magic, it's method. And it is entirely doable to have plenty of space to breathe while you reach new professional levels. So I've got an idea. For the first time ever, I am publicly opening the doors on December 2nd for just a handful of women to join me in the private coaching program I've run with great results for women bosses for the past few years. It's called the Reclaiming Time Studio. So if everyone else is impressed with how much you're doing, but secretly, you know you're capable of even more, but you just don't have the time to get to it yet, hop on over to carlyfane.com, get the full scoop and apply. But I want to give you a heads up. This is a very brief opening in the doors for enrollment. So we're going to close the doors promptly on December 16th. This is a cozy cohort of women leaders from around the world who have more time, clarity, and energy than ever before. And if that speaks to you, make sure you apply. Carlyfane.com. The doors are going to be open from December 2nd to the 16th. And together we'll make 2020 your most prosperous and nourished year yet. So we're going to go over the five better questions to ask when change comes calling. 
But remember, it is not about doing everything perfectly or trying to do all the things when we sense change on the horizon. The name of the game when it comes to curing overwhelm and living into your next ideal step is about focus. So with that, there is a master sheet to guide you through these questions that will make them very doable and give you something really solid to focus on when things are changing or when you're ready or craving some change in your world and offer you some answers and some clarity on the spot. That's over at my website. So carlyfane.com forward slash podcast, totally free. You'll see it there along in the show notes from this episode. Here we go. Five better questions to ask when change comes calling. In no particular order, number one is, when have I seen myself be brave before and how could I apply that now? So an example from a client of mine, we'll call her Sally. That's not her real name. Sally has been working at the same engineering company for almost two decades. And she's been in the same specific department for almost nine years. And she is so ready to change things up. She's ready for the next thing, but it's bringing up all sorts of questions for her, wonderings, all the feels are bubbling up. And it occurred to her recently when we were in a private session that she has seen herself leave other toxic situations before in the past, including a pretty terrible marriage. And in the moment when it was really terrible, she had gotten used to things being just kind of bad that had become her new normal. And after she made the decision to leave, she had thought prior to that, I could never live by myself. I could never own my own home. I could never make these decisions on my own. And she found out that she entirely could. And just a few months after making that important decision, she looks back on her life with so much more lightness and confidence. And she realized, oh my God, why did it take me so long to do that, right? And so she's applying that experience to this new experience of, Yeah, it feels unfamiliar. It feels challenging to make this change right now. But I have seen myself leave other situations that weren't working before. And I know I've got some of those resources in my toolbox and I could apply them again. So that question, when have I seen myself be brave before and how could I apply that now? That is really applicable if you find yourself in the type of change that is causing you to have to summon some courage and consider what might be possible if you felt that you had enough bravery to live through on it. Because the funny thing is, we don't get brave and then we do something. (laughs) No, it's the doing of the something that gives us a sense of bravery. So we can't wait to be courageous. It's the doing of the thing that feels true that actually bolsters our courage and then reminds us in the future, oh yeah, I've been courageous before. I can do that again. Question number two for the five better questions to ask when change comes calling is, If I was 3% more confident that things would work out, what would I try next? I love this question because it is so much more doable than having to pretend that we have it completely figured out and that we can summon all the oomph or the chutzpah in the world, right? We're asking not to be 50% more confident that things would work out. We're considering just 3%. That's just one small step. So for an example, I'll, I'll use myself here. When we were thinking about creating this podcast, I had all those doubtful questions. You've heard me talk about them in the first episode. But I asked myself, okay, if I was just 3% more confident here that if I created this podcast, things would work out, what would I try next? And in that moment, the answer for me was, well, 
I'd call somebody who's made a podcast before and I'd ask them what it's like. That's it. It's not a high-risk scenario. It's no big deal. It's just me connecting with somebody else who's got a little experience in the thing I'm considering doing. That's what my 3% look like. I'm curious, if you were 3% more confident that things would actually work out, what would you try next? Question number three, and the five better questions to ask when change comes calling is, what do I really care about? And how will I milk more of that into my days? What do I really care about, right? And how can I create space for more of that in my days right now? This question is particularly helpful when we have no idea what we should be doing next, when it feels really cumbersome or overwhelming, because it helps us focus in on what energizes us. What do we want more of? And how could we welcome more of that into our days? So for example, I run a coaching program that's specifically for driven women who own their own businesses who are just done burning out. They're leveraging all of their resources to thrive in their careers without having to work around the clock. And I asked them this question recently as we come up on the holiday season. I said, okay, what do you know for sure you want to welcome in during these holidays? And one of the women said, you know what? I love baking cookies with my daughter and stringing up the Christmas lights. It's cold and dark where I live during winter. And having that sense of warmth and connection goes a long way for me. So what she knew was that she really cares about warmth and connection, a sense of being cozy and close with the people she cares about. And for free, she can do that right here, right now. It's not complicated, but every day she can dip her toes in that pond, right? Now here's the fourth of five better questions to ask when change comes calling. This one is a really big deal for all my independent driven sisters out there because I feel you on this one. This one is, who can I ask for help? Who can I ask for help? Now, what's really interesting about Driven Women is that doing the hard work, as in putting in the hours or doing the research or doing the manual labor or whatever it is required to live into a career that we like or a life that we like, that, while it requires some effort, is not that hard for us. Oftentimes, the hardest thing for us is learning how to ask for help because we have reinforced for ourselves time and time again that we need to figure it out ourselves because maybe that was our past life experience and it really was up to us to get the job done if we wanted it to get done. Or um, maybe we've just felt too vulnerable to speak up and ask for help prior to this. And so the question here is, who could I ask for help? right? Who might know something about this? Who could lend a hand? Who could help clarify what I could work on or focus my attention on moving forward? And then here's the final of the five. And this one might be my favorite one right now in this in this moment. The question here is, wouldn't it be cool if dot, 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 and you get to fill in the blank. This question was taught to me by Marie Forleo, and I love this one because it is so upward leading and it allows for real brainstorming and creativity with no real expectation on what pops up. It really leaves space to breathe and create something that we might not have even thought of yet. So wouldn't it be cool if you applied for this new job and you got it? Right? Or wouldn't it be cool if you told this person what you were really feeling about them and they felt the same way and now you guys were on the same page? 
With this one, we really get pragmatic. We get to grab a piece of paper or use the master sheet at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. And you're going to set a timer for one minute and you are just going to brainstorm popcorn style any answer that pops up first 10 times in a row. So you'll write the question, wouldn't it be cool if fill in the blank and then write it again. Wouldn't it be cool if fill in the blank again, get 10 different answers on the page and then move about your day. What's really effective about this exercise is that it primes the brain to keep looking for those unconscious solutions that we were talking about earlier. So I'd be really curious and excited to hear what you might do with the wouldn't it be cool if this is something that Ellen, my co-pilot, my right hand here in my practice, we do at the end of every month when we have our culmination time. So the last week of every month, I don't coach. I just do the behind the scenes admin work and running of the business that's involved. And we ask the question when we get together, wouldn't it be cool if? And some of our best ideas have come from just filling in the blank. It is amazing how possible things are when we start with what would enliven us and then take small, consistent steps in that direction. So here's the thing. As I quickly reread this list to you, I want you to pay attention for the one question, not all five, but what is the one question that slows your wild mind long enough for you to hear your heart beating? The question that just sounds a little bit more interesting or it piques your curiosity just a little extra. Here are the five better questions again. See which one rings true for you. One, when have I seen myself be brave before and how could I apply that here? Two, if I was 3% more confident that things would work out, what might I try next? Three, What do I really care about? And how will I welcome more of that into my days? Four, who can I ask for help? And five, wouldn't it be cool if? And you get to put the answer. So I'm really curious to hear of these questions, the one that lands with you, the one that helps you feel like, oh yeah, maybe I could breathe again. The one that replaces fear with a little sense of possibility, go there. Repeat that question. I and my clients have been known to write that question down or type it up in a note on our phone and take a screenshot of it and make it the background screen to our phone or stick it on a post-it note somewhere where you're going to see it every day, like the dashboard to your car or near your door. Sing it out loud in the shower. Let that question hang in the air like a flag to possibility until an answer or the seed of an answer begins to emerge. Because here's the deal. Things will be different. Transition by choice or not, it's where we find ourselves sometimes. And the question that leads us onward becomes, in the face of this before me, who do I want to be? In the face of these circumstances before me, which may or may not be within your control, we don't get to decide how every moment of life goes, but we do get to decide our response to it. In the face of this before me, who do I want to be? So a little follow-up, because I know I love a little before and after story. What happened to that conversation that Marie and I had on a park bench five or six years ago, where we said, what would be fun for us to do? 
Well, after marinating on it a little bit more, having some tea and some lunches together and some phone calls, we thought, you know, what would happen if we brought the best tools and resources from the field of positive psychology and the best from the field of coaching, and we married them together to offer something that would be incredibly valuable to people going through transition. And we created this course called Navigating a Graceful Transition. And this summer will be the fourth year we're presenting it at the largest retreat center that's yoga-based in North America, Kripalu Center. And a couple of years ago, we were sitting on the stage while all the participants were together. They were working on some group projects together, outlining their plan moving forward through their transition. And Marie and I turned to each other and we said, this is so much fun. <laughs> and look what it's become. This is so much fun. And look what it's become just from asking this question. So I ask you right now, wouldn't it be cool if, and I hope you'll go over to the place where you listen to this podcast and leave a review and fill in the answer to that question or any of the other five questions that are really speaking to you. I want to know what idea or sentence or thought do you never want to forget? If you only remember one thing, what is it going to be? And when you do leave that review, it boosts our show up in the algorithm, meaning more women will have access to this type of information at their fingertips. So it both serves you, it serves other women too. Plus, it's super cool that maybe I could give you a shout out on a future episode, which to me is just a whole lot of fun. So remember, if we want to keep on rising, we thrive through nourishment, not punishment. So keep taking care of yourself and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.